welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Kathleen, welcome to the show. How are you today? It is great to be here. I am great. That's fantastic. It's uh, Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I'd like to start by asking, how you how do you describe yourself and what do you do? Uh, how I describe myself, actually, it's interesting because um, I, I run with a group of women and I just turned 65 and I, I, I describe myself as a flipping amazing senior citizen. And, you know, it, it's really it's interesting because when I was younger, I thought I'm never going to make it to my 60s. So it really doesn't matter what I do. I've made it to my 60s and I'm healthier now than I've ever been. I, uh, I'm more active than I've ever been. And I've been running my business for 25 years. I'm a marketing strategist. And um, I'm actually in the process of making a, a big shift in my business from general internet marketing and teaching people how to get visibility on the internet to working within uh, the industries of sustainable businesses and green businesses, uh, plant-based eating businesses. Oh, very cool. So, all right, well, so let's start with that one. What made you want to focus on, so green businesses and plant businesses are two separate things. So they are. We are, why, what made you want to get involved in sustainable, you know, green as well as plant-based businesses versus just it, businesses in general? Okay, that, that's a really good question. And it really started when I uh, changed my own eating to plant-based. And that was uh, coming up on a year now. And I've toyed around with it for a while because I'm very into animal rescue. And so I, I was spouting off how uh, compassionate I am to animals. And then one day it kind of hit me. It's like, oh, there's a major disconnect between what I'm saying and what I'm doing as I eat this critter, you know. And, um, and, and so it was really one of those um, moments where you have uh, – your own eye opener and your own revelation of like, wow, the things I'm saying to be true and what I'm actually doing in life are, are really, um, they're not aligned with one another. Yeah. And so I actually started eating plant-based more for health reasons and compassion to animals. And the further I got into the whole uh, research of what this would do for me as far as my health, the more I realized that this was a good way to eat for the planet. It was good for uh, sustainable living, quite seriously, because um, and, and, you know, there's more that is going to be revealed to me as I go further into it. And when I say sustainable, it's just about putting practices in place and working with companies that um, help people to live a a life that doesn't require that we we use so many resources. So if I had to pick between the two, between sustainable and plant based, I would lean more towards the plant based. But it it really um, it ties in with sustainable. Okay, sure. So let's let's back up a little bit. What initially made you want to become a, a marketing and business strategist? 
Oh, you know, that that's something I'd been doing since I was a kid, quite seriously. I was the yeah. first one in the neighborhood when I was probably six or seven years old to have a lawn care business, like a lot of us. I had the lemonade stand. I had the babysitting business. And um, I, I had a newspaper at the age of about eight years old. I had a little print press, and I sold ads for a penny. Uh, so it, it tells you how far <laughs> back we're going. And and I, I, I thought I was really good at sales because everybody I approached would buy an ad, and I thought, wow, I must be really good. Well, it was just because they were so cheap, and I think people just felt sorry for me. But um, it, actually, when I was in my teens, I was involved in politics at a very early age. That was during the Vietnam War, okay. and I uh, belonged to a group where we actually raised funds to send Christmas gifts to the soldiers in Vietnam, regardless of what one's position on the war was. It really was about uh honoring the the uh, soldiers that were over there. And so that started my interest in realizing how much you could influence people if you were passionate about a cause. Mm -hmm. And that led into getting jobs that um, tied in with marketing and promotions. I worked for a radio station where I did uh, broadcast media sales. I voiced the commercials. It was a small station, so pretty much you could do just whatever you want. As long as you were bringing money in, yeah. uh, you could do anything you wanted to. Um, got involved in uh, one of the first AIDS fundraisers in Sacramento, California in 1981. Uh, was uh, partially responsible for getting the funding for the uh, San Francisco AIDS Foundation in 19 around 1982 or 83, um, did stuff for the Cancer Society, and everything revolved around promotions and marketing. And so that just led me on a career path that uh, I had not really intended. It just kind of unfolded that way. Yeah, okay. So in, in going through kind of what you've worked on, there's a number of, of mastermind groups that you were a part of throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Is there one particularly that, that sticks out as being the most helpful at that time? You know, I, I'd have to say, Yuri, that um, all of them have been helpful in their own way. But uh, one that really um, allowed me to raise my own bar, not only with the investment I was making, because over a two-year period uh, with the travel, with the masterminds, with the investment uh, to the, uh, the coach, uh, it was about $100,000 that I uh, invested. And never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be investing that kind of money. I, it would have been great for me to make that kind of money at one point. Um, but what I realized was I had to raise my own bar in order to um, create the vacuum that allowed more money to come into my business. And that was with Suzanne Evans. Um, she was one tough, uh, one tough coach. And if you crossed her, everybody knew you crossed her. Yeah. Um, and the way that you crossed her was if she would give you strategies and you would have a mastermind or a, a VIP day with her and she would, you would be on the phone having your coaching calls mm -hmm. and she would give you great strategies. She had built a six million dollar business in about a two year period and you wouldn't apply the information or you'd push back and these were the things you said you wanted. So she would give you what you said you wanted and then you wouldn't do the work. Um, that didn't sit lightly with her. Um, but I also had, uh, yeah, it was like, uh, you, you paid me all this money and you're not going to do what I'm, I'm recommending. Yeah. Um, but she really, um, she forced a lot of us to really raise our bar in, in many different ways, not just in business, but on all different levels. And I was in uh, Matt Basic's uh, mastermind for, a, a, I 
it was either a year or two, um, learned a lot from him about Internet marketing strategies. I was in Brendan Burchard's uh, one of his mastermind groups. Um, that was a great experience in that he's just a, a really dynamic person. But the people that I met in his mastermind, I built lifelong friendships and collaborations. So I can't really say one was better than the other. I can say each had something to offer. Mm-hmm. But what I know to be true is it was a matter of how much I was willing to put into it and how much I was willing to do the work. Sure. I have a few friends who jump from mastermind to mastermind to mastermind. In your own experience, how do you how do you know when you kind of run the course in that current mastermind and decide to go on to the next one and then get the most out of it? Or has that or did or have you done yours concurrently the entire time? Uh, no, I, I had um, one coach at a time. I, I wasn't coach hopping for the purpose of just I didn't like what the person said, so I'd go find somebody else. I was always very clear on each one had something different to offer to me. So I think that's the distinction is really knowing what you're looking for. Um, for example, in my personal life, I'm very into running. I started the sport in my 60s, did my first full marathon at the age of 61. And for my 65th birthday, I actually did a half marathon. Well, I've had groups of people. We work together to increase our speed, our stamina, our recovery time. Mm-hmm. And that could be considered a mastermind. And so for me, I will look for somebody who's an expert at teaching people how to improve their performance with running. Okay. In business, it could have been that I wanted to learn how do I put uh, bigger events on. Uh, when I hired Suzanne, that was my main purpose in hiring her. She was a master at putting on events. And with one idea she gave me, I applied it to an event that I was doing right after I, I hired her. She gave me one simple idea, and it was on timing of when I made my offer. Mm-hmm. It generated And I I was just like, oh, my gosh, this woman is brilliant. And (laughs) I had to give myself credit for being brilliant for listening to her. So I I think that, you know, each one had a different purpose. Okay, that makes sense. So you decided to start running marathons in your 60s. What? (laughs) I had nothing better to do. (laughs) And then you went on to do a a sprint triathlon and, and a half marathon and. Uh, which is absolutely amazing. I, I've I've done a few sprint triathlons and they are no easy task. What made you decide to I guess to change your focus and decide that you want to be a marathoner in your sixties? Well, you know I I went through a. a, a an experience that a lot of people my age go through. I lost both my parents and I was the caretaker of my mom, and I didn't realize how. Um, Little I took care of myself during that period. I was eating just as terribly as I could eat. I wasn't exercising. I had gained about 60 pounds. And my my life consisted of me being by my mom's bedside and creating information products. And, and I was generating multiple six figures by my mom's bedside. But after they both passed away, it there was a period of grieving that I didn't realize how tough it had been. I, I just thought, okay, I showed up. I did what a good daughter would do. And I mean, I'm forever grateful that I was able to answer that kind of a call at the level I did. But um, I'm, I'm a pretty, um, I, I guess you could say I'm, I'm a pretty 
drastic type of person and I have a very, uh, if you will, a dramatic personality at times where there was a period in my life that I didn't do much of anything. I was pretty much a couch potato. I actually, because of a choice I made in my, my teens and early 20s uh, around drugs and alcohol, I ended up on the streets. And so there was a period I was unemployable. Uh, because I just couldn't figure out how to stop drinking and how to stop doing drugs. And I've been sober 35 years. And so my personality is such that I, I tend to have a very addictive personality. Mm-hmm. And once I made the decision that I was going to change the, the direction of, of my health, uh, because my doctor was like, you know, you're, you're getting at an age where you're, you're at a uh, risk of heart attack, stroke, diabetes, and all these things. She's got this laundry list and she goes, we need to put you on medication. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me try to figure this out for myself. And it just so happened that everything aligned at the perfect time for me to get involved in a, um, with a coach who was a running coach. And um, so that really was more out of necessity of turning my health around than anything. And I just I I don't like to do things half measure. I, I thought if I'm going to run instead of doing a 5K, why don't I just do a full marathon? And unfortunately, the coach really should have told me, no, you shouldn't be doing a full marathon for your first time out three months after I decided to do it. I'm doing and I was the last person in. Mm-hmm. I practically crawled over the finish line, but it was like I was so determined to finish because there was a period in my life my word meant nothing. It was like I was always making empty promises. Mm-hmm. And now my word is the really the, the most important thing I have. And so if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to figure out how to do it. And no matter how much it hurts, no matter how long it takes, I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's well, that's really inspiring. It's So I guess was it at that point where you decided that you wanted to then focus on, on plant-based eating and then start writing as well? Well, I, I dabbled with plant-based a few years ago, but I wasn't that serious or committed to it. Okay. And something happened uh, the the last time that I made the decision. Uh, something happened where something really big shifted in me, and I just thought, that's it. I, I will never eat animal products again. I'm just not going to do it. And it just it felt right at that time. Um and my writing, uh, I, I started writing when I was a kid, but my first book was published in 2000, what was it? 19, no, actually it was in late 1998, 99. Okay. Um, so I've been writing for a number of years and I have several books out. I, I've done quite well with my, my writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as writing about plant-based eating, I started a blog just to keep my own level of interest in. And it was a great, I love research. So I would research something and then I would write some uh, blog posts around it. I started chronicling my own experience. I created an ebook that was the first 90 days of my my whole journey and uh, started a Facebook group. So it really led into more of a way of life than just changing my eating. It was around creating community. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So so yeah. So you have written a number of books. Um, of the books you've written so far, what which one has been your favorite? Uh, my very favorite is the one that sold the least, and that's because <laughs> I didn't really know. Yeah, it's like it's the one that's sitting on the shelf that never sold but 10 copies. But no, yeah. it actually was um, – it's called Message of Hope, and it was written uh, after a very dear friend of mine passed away at the age of 36 from a heart attack. 
And I was devastated. And so I just started writing down my thoughts. And initially, I was just journaling. And that's all I thought it would be. Uh, it turned into a booklet that turned into a book. And that book was given as a gift to all his family members. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've sold a few copies, but it really wasn't... Um, it wasn't my signature book, if you will. My signature book was Power Up for Profits, The Smart Woman's Guide to Online Marketing. But between all the books I've written, that one had more of my heart in it than anything. And yet everything I do nowadays has my heart in it. <laughs> that's good. So you have a new book that's coming out this summer called Discover the Real Fountain of Youth, Plant-Based Eating for Health. Yes. What was So what made you want to then release a plant-based book this summer well really what what drives me on that is i am i'm shocked at how unhealthy our culture has gotten and a lot of people my age they have resigned themselves to the fact that you that life is over you can't start anything new um you you don't have energy Pretty much life sucks. You know, a lot of people my age kind of feel that way. And recently I actually qualified for Medicare. So I'm on the phone with Social Security and doing the whole process. And my goal with each call that I did with these people was to really break down the stereotype. And I had these government workers laughing and I was telling jokes about being old and being a runner and on and on. And and uh, I, then at the end of the call, I'd say, bet this has been the liveliest senior citizen call you've ever had, and it just made their day. So for me, it was why I want to write the book is I want to show people through example that your life is really what you make it and that we do have a lot more choice than we give ourselves credit for. And if you surround yourself with people who have limiting beliefs, you become a limiting belief kind of person. Uh, if you surround yourself with people who are possibility thinkers and who raise each other up and really push and and, and um, inspire you to be more than you thought you could be, then you probably will be more than you thought you could be. So my my reason and my motivator for writing the book is to show people that life gets better as we age if we take care of ourselves. See, that's the, the big thing. It's not just about, you know, it's going to get better and you just think your way into better health and all that. You have to take a lot of action. Like this morning, I was out doing a four mile run and that's just like what I do. I go to the gym, I uh, eat healthy, I, I run. And I can't see that I would give that up because I have so much um, – just life is so good uh, by the way that I've been taking care of myself. Yeah. So let's say someone listening to this wanted to shift and and start on a plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. How, how would – like what are some baby step ways to, to do that? Uh, one is really look at the reason why you want to do it. Um, is it if you're doing it to lose weight, you're probably doing it for the wrong reason. If you're doing it because you really want to have better health, like myself, I'm at risk for heart disease. I'm at risk for uh, breast cancer, colon cancer. I mean, these are very real risks for me. Yeah. So for me, it's like minimizing that risk so that I don't have to die a terrible death. Like I've seen people die. Mm-hmm. Uh, my own mother had a just a horrendous death, and it took her a long time to die. And and I thought I don't want to live like that. Um, so I would say start with your big why of why is this so important to you? And also think of the people that you love. And wouldn't it be more loving to treat yourself as as good as you can and 
eat as healthy as possible to have a better quality of life for them, especially whether it's your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids. Um, and so that would be the starting place. Then start going through the foods that you have in your house. And if you're so inclined, a lot of people, they'll, they say, well, I'll eat it and then I'll start. I'll start on Monday. If you start on Monday, you'll never start. That's the bottom line. You just got to make the commitment. You got to start right where you're at. And so go through your cabinets and get rid of the foods that are going to be um, temptation foods. Um, like myself, in, in that I've been sober for 35 years, I don't have alcohol in my house, not because I I I couldn't, but why put that temptation in front of me? I mean, I, you know, I can go to social gatherings. I go to conferences all the time. I keynote at conferences and, you know, they're, I'm always being offered alcohol and it's just like, no. And my meeting planners know that I never have alcohol in my room. I ask them if there's a bar in my room, please have them take it out. You know, I have certain criteria. So I set myself up for success. And that's what I encourage people to do is set yourself up for success. Um, if you're going to, Start working out. Start with something that's manageable and and doable, rather than going from never walking, bef- you know, a mile, uh, saying, okay, I'm going to ma- walk ten miles, and I'll, you know, I'll just catch up to everything. No, 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 no. Do a block, and then the next day, two, do two blocks. So, um, I. I don't always do this, I, it, which is easy into things. I tend to be, like I said, I, I have such an addictive personality. I go for the gusto, but I I know that if people set themselves up for success, they have a greater chance of having success. I also encourage people to get the book Eat to Live by Dr. Joel Furman. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal resource to really show what animal-based products and dairy products can do to your health. I mean, because if you look at it, why is it that we have such a high rate of diabetes, heart disease, cancer, high blood pressure, um, more than we ever have in the past, and it's the amount of animal products that we eat. And there's scientific research behind all that. Mm-hmm. At times in your career when you've hit uh, apprehension and fear, how have you pushed past those? Oh... Wow, that is a good question because, you know, it's happened more than once. And I used to try to just muscle my way through and figure it out on my own. And I think for me, what I've learned is that having a support system in place, whether it be a good coach, um, a mastermind group, colleagues that are trusted colleagues, uh, and they're also friends, where when you're going through a really rough time, that's not the time to necessarily post things on Facebook and say, oh, my business is falling apart. What am I going to do? I've seen people do that. And it's like, no, no, no. That's where you get a coach. You go to your coach and you talk to them about what's going on so they can help you put strategies in place. But bottom line that that helps me get through everything in life that can bring fear up is I I have a very strong connection with a higher power. I believe that um, prayer and meditation is my saving grace. I start my day with prayer and meditation. I do a lot of journaling. I read a lot of things that help me to understand that left to my own devices, I will mess up my life. And I think that's true of human nature. And so making sure that I'm consuming information that is going to get my head on straight, because it's real easy in today's world if we start, um, if we 
all we're doing is reading what's on social media. We'll compare ourselves to other people and say, well, how come I'm, I'm not like that person who's making $10 million in their business? What's wrong with me? I only made a million or something like that. Or what's wrong with me? I can't run a th- four minute mile. I can only run a 11 and a half minute mile. You know, I must, I must be such a failure. So we start believing these stories. So we have to look at the stories we tell ourselves. And so for me, what I do is I have a group of very, very, um, dear friends and colleagues that I can reach out to and say, you know, I've got this thing going on. Let's let's uh, talk about it for one mm-hmm. and not believing my own press, because in certain circles, I, I do have a following. And if you start believing your own press around that and you think you're all that life has a way of knocking you on your rear end. So, uh, you know, at least that's been my experience. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, your ego is getting a little out of control. Let's fix that. Um, but quite seriously, I, I know that having people that I can turn to and realizing that this is a part of being human, this is a part of running a business, that it's not going to always be on an upward trajectory, that sometimes we do hit those those uh, contraction points. And sometimes the contraction is exactly what we need in order to dig deep and get a new new idea. Um, I know that when I was taking care of my mom, um, I, I was lost. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't be available like I had been. And it forced me to dig deep and figure it out by my mom's bedside in the hospital. Hmm. That's good to know. So with everything you've done and experienced, what would you say has been the best advice that you have ever received? Hmm. Wow. I would say uh, there's a couple of things. One is uh, always be as truthful as possible so you don't have to remember what you said. That's mm-hmm. one. And my mother gave me that. And the other one is what you do in private, uh, you, you will be rewarded for in public. That's great. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you, Kathleen. This has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you this evening. If it's the... been delightful. Oh, <laughs> thank you. If the listeners would like to read your books or read your writing or see more of what you're working on, where is the best places they can go to do that? Google. But (laughs) (laughs) outside of Google and uh, just Googling my name, I would say actually go to powerupforprofits.com, powerupforprofits.com. Okay, perfect. And I will make sure I put that in the show notes so they can just click right through. Thank you. Excellent. Well, again, thank you so much. This was absolutely delightful. I had a blast. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Hour podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again and have a great day.